All right, come on in, everybody. Welcome back to the Holler. TNHoller.com is where you can find us at the TN Holler on Twitter and Facebook. Hollers hollering all across the state. Thanks to your support. We really do appreciate it. Your small dollar monthly donations keep us going and growing. As always, shout out to Elisa Parker for her support. If you're buying or selling a home here, do it through her. That's a way to support us, spread the word. And also, if you need a lawyer other than the one that we're talking to today abby rubenfeld is very supportive of us check her out her ad is on our site today we are talking to representative mike stewart on his way out as a legislator having just decided this is his last term but he's not done fighting he's pushing the fight for democracy and even just flew to wyoming to fight that fight on behalf of liz cheney who as we all know just lost because he can't have integrity and fight for what's right in today's GOP and keep your seat, basically. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the holler, as always. Thanks for being here. What caused you to fly out to Wyoming? I think that what Representative Cheney is doing is really at the center of the most important thing going on in our politics right now, which is she's giving up her own personal political power temporarily, perhaps permanently. She's giving up not just a House seat, but also a a very prominent House leadership position. An easy lifetime of service. Had she not stood up against Trump, she would have an easy run for Senate, continue on up to who knows what level in politics. For someone like her to give up a political career, knowing by opposing President Trump and the people around him that she was putting her career in jeopardy, is I think really a heroic act. And she's doing what everybody in the United States needs to do, move on two paths now. Traditionally, in the United States, people like me, we just worry about our issues, our ideological issues. For me, sensible gun laws, universal health care, reproductive rights. These are things that I fought for in the legislature and I feel just as strongly about as I ever did. For the first time ever, really under Trump's leadership, we have an actual group of people in our country, not people at the fringes, who have ceased to be committed to our democratic system. And that is such a dire threat. We have to look across the political spectrum to find allies so that we can tamp down this anti-democratic movement, get rid of it for good. And she led the charge. And so even though I am, of course, (laughs) extremely progressive and disagree with Liz Cheney on probably every single issue that anybody can think of, I went out to try to help her in her Republican primary. I was unsuccessful, but happy to do it. Let me just play devil's advocate for a second, because obviously there's a lot of people that would say, well, she voted with Trump 93% of the time. She's against progress on many issues. Why would we valorize somebody who we disagree with so much? I think it's a really good point. Some have made it to me personally and on Twitter, and I, and I understand that perspective. What I would say is you'd be totally right most years of most decades of American history. Unfortunately, some bad actors have put us in a situation where we can no longer think like that. Yeah, we shouldn't have to even consider supporting Liz Cheney. Unfortunately, we live in a situation where, led by Trump, people in the Republican Party, not all of them, but some of them are indulging in the idea that it's better to have a non-democratic system where you steal elections so you can get what you want temporarily. It's the worst possible idea. It's totally un-American. We can't think like we normally do anymore. We have to think in two at two levels. One, we have to continue the path trying to get, for example, universal health care. It's ridiculous the United States doesn't have universal cheap health care for everyone. It's crazy. But here's the deal. 
you can't achieve social change like that if the democratic system disappears. You're never going to achieve social change, protect reproductive rights, better criminal justice system, achieve anything of importance if you don't have a democratic system. So we've got to do two things. We stick with our values, but we've also got to spend a lot of political energy defending our system because we are in an emergency situation. When you have the wife of a Supreme Court justice texting the chief of staff of the president of the United States, crazy lunatic QAnon nonsense as a justification for overturning a democratic election in which millions of Americans participated. You have a crisis of democracy on your hands. I'll give one thing to Liz Cheney. I don't agree with her on any political issue, but she figured it out early. Before 1-6, she created a memo to all the Republicans saying, by the way, you're not allowed to steal an election by recognizing non-elected electors for the Electoral College. That should be pretty basic, but unfortunately, we've got people like Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, who know full well what they're saying is nonsense, justifying this craziness. As long as those people are still allowed to hold office, the rest of us, Democrat and Republican need to band together and say, that's just totally unacceptable. You know, my attitude is, look, if the American people elect a bunch of Republicans and they come up with a bunch of really bad policies, if they do it legitimately, guess what? My job is to go out to the American people and say, gosh, don't you think we should do something different? I don't get to just say because I want X or Y or Z. I sweep you aside, people, and you're going to do what I want. So we're in an emergency and we've got to respond accordingly. We are in an emergency that she has diagnosed early for a Republican, maybe not so early for an American, because some of us have been saying it for a really long time. (laughs) But uh, she says what I think should be on billboards throughout Tennessee, especially Republicans can't both be loyal to Trump and to the Constitution. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Every prominent person who is still supporting Trump needs to be called out intellectually for that. You shouldn't be allowed anymore to support President Trump and portray yourself as a person operating within the norms of our politics. So people can say what they want, but communists were never allowed at the center of our political system for the very reason that they themselves disavowed it. Similarly, if you now know that President Trump participated in a conspiracy to overturn a a lawful election and you're still supporting him, You have to ask yourself, why have you abandoned American values? And I'd make a distinction here, like DeSantis, many other Republicans, they have the same really bad ideas as Trump. He's not an illegitimate leader because he has terrible ideas, running up deficits to hand out the money to rich people. That doesn't make him illegitimate. What makes him illegitimate is he tried to steal a presidential election. That disqualifies him from further service to our country. Similarly, Marsha Blackburn and Ted Cruz and the other senators who were ready or did vote against the Electoral College, they are disqualified, in my view, from holding high office. Marshall Blackburn should resign today. I wouldn't say that about many of my Republican friends in the legislature who believe everything Marsha Blackburn does. There are people in the legislature, I disagree with them on every single issue. I don't think Cameron Sexton and I have a see eye to eye on anything, but he's a legitimately elected leader and he's entitled to bring those ideas to the table. That's different from a Marshall Blackburn who stated publicly that she was not going to respect the Electoral College. That is a rejection of everything American stands for. And I would just point out people who've studied democracy. I think of Juan Linz, who wrote a series of books about failed democracies. The transfer of power to the opposition party is the essence of democracy. 
that's when you define what you are as a people, what you are as a country. So someone who says Biden won, but I am going to take that election anyway, they are absolutely saying I reject the American system as it's been defined since its founding. They either don't understand the United States of America or they have contempt for it for whatever reason. They really don't share American values in the same way that, say, American communists in the 1930s didn't share American values. In the New York Times, Charles Blow said Republicans are America's problem. The bar to clear in the Republican Party isn't being sufficiently conservative, but being sufficiently obedient to Trump and his quest to destroy democracy. We must stop thinking it hyperbolic to say the GOP is a threat to our democracy. That's Charles Blow, Republican congressional candidate in New York, Carl Paladino, jokingly, quote unquote, called for Merrick Garland's death, searching Mar-a-Lago. And then this was Luis Miguel in Florida just got kicked off of Twitter for saying under his plan, all Floridians will be able to shoot the FBI, the IRS and the ATF on site. How do you get the media to start treating this situation with the urgency that it requires. Every single day, I find myself wondering why there's so little coverage of the types of things that you're talking about, especially here in Tennessee. I wish I had a good answer for you. I'll tell you one thing. I think one job that we all have is to start intellectually engaging with what I would call prominent, powerful Republicans and demanding that they articulate their position. You shouldn't be allowed to walk around in a suit and a tie in Washington one day pretending that you're a legitimate government official, a legitimate person, and then sneak around off onto Steve Bannon's show and suborn violence, promote violence, dog whistle violence, talk about how you're not sure if the American Republic is worth the time and all the sorts of nonsense that like the Claremont Institute puts out. You shouldn't be allowed to be seditious behind the scenes and then get all the benefits of being a prominent, effective American citizen. Let me give you an example. And Marshall I Blackburn. Marshall Blackburn. Marshall Blackburn is not qualified to be a United States senator. There are plenty of people who are pro-life, who think government should have no uh, health care involvement, who don't care if workers make $2 an hour, who absolutely could be properly elected senators from the state of Tennessee. But Marsha Blackburn, who has announced that she won't respect a presidential election, I mean, that's just disqualifying for an American leader. You should just immediately that day just resign from office, go home and do something else because you just don't have a sufficient understanding of how America works to hold your position. That's the mainstream Republican position now. Exactly. And that's why someone like Cheney, who says, one, I reject it. Two, I'm probably going to lose everything I've got politically. And, and people are saying, oh, she's got this bright future. You know, she's going to do this or that and the other. <laughs> she gave up a bird in the hand for a very uncertain future. Other people need to follow her example. This is an emergency and people need to decide. And we need to make people decide. One very prominent organization is the Federalist Society. One of the harbingers of our time was when the Senate just refused to consider Merrick Garland as a Supreme Court justice. That broke with longstanding understanding of how the system worked. It broke with tradition. And it was an outrage. And it was one of these events where we moved toward a more radical system where the parties weren't recognizing each other as legitimate. It was a terrible event. What I didn't know until just recently is apparently the Federalist Society led the charge with a tweet within hours of Scalia's death being announced. The Federalist Society is not just a right-wing nut group. The Federalist Society is comprised of some of our most prominent officials in the United States. Many judges are members. 
what you would normally look at as our core elite on the right wing. So for an organization like that to participate in that shows a descent into radicalism. So my question would be, okay, Federalist Society, you supposedly are a prominent group supportive of the rule of law. What is your position? Was President Trump engaged in a legitimate activity when he was creating fake arguments about fraudulent elections? What is the Federalist Society's position? Because it is the responsibility of the Federalist Society to speak on this. Judges and lawyers cannot just sit silently while we have prominent Republicans like Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, spreading lies about the previous election. There's no evidence of election fraud of any meaningful level in the last election. It's completely made up of all cloth. It's one thing for Marjorie Taylor Greene to talk about fraud. That's one thing. But it's another thing, as you say, for numerous prominent Republicans to give credibility to this. If you look at primary debate here in Tennessee in Murray County, when all nine TN5 congressional candidates and the Republican side were on the stage in Murray County, including former Speaker Beth Harwell. The election came up. Every single one of them engaged in the big lie in saying that the election was fraudulent and stolen, including her, including General Winstead, whatever his name was. You had to say that to be on that stage. We are not in a place where this is just a thing that they're saying. This is the only thing. What does that say about where we are that the core policy position of the Republican Party is to lie about the election and essentially make it so that we're no longer a democracy, the country that so many people have fought for? It says that we're in a dire situation, but those people that are for democracy, there are many tools at our disposal and we just need to wield them effectively while the fever passes. Yeah, Beth Harwell debased herself because she knows those lies are untrue and she'll have to live with that. History will judge these people poorly. People who stand up like Liz Cheney and like most Democrats will be recognized as doing the right thing. Yes, it's a dire situation, but there are lots of things that can be done that are not being done. And I'll say there's a tendency now to say, well, the Republicans are so bad that the response is to essentially be the other end of the seesaw. We have to be just as bad to counteract them. I will say that people who've studied the collapse of democracies say the exact opposite is true. Actually, when people start to engage in anti-democratic behavior, often described by political scientists as disloyal or semi-loyal behavior, you have to unfortunately avoid the temptation to equally engage in disloyalty. You have to actually demand further loyalty to the system to counteract it, but that doesn't mean a non-strenuous response. The opposite. Let me give you an example. Some people say the Republicans stole a Supreme Court seat. This is just the example that comes to mind. Therefore, we need to pack the court. I think if you pack the court, the other side will figure that out. They might do it too. Soon you'll have 700 Supreme Court justices. That's not the way we need to be thinking as a counterweight. What you need to be saying is, let's look at the legitimate sphere and ask ourselves, are we doing everything we can? We need every single polling place in Arizona, Pennsylvania, needs to have not just one person standing there recruited at the last minute. No, unfortunately, now our elections are like Haitian elections. They're like Bosnian elections. You need to have multiple observers with cameras, lawyers on hand, not just at two polls, at every poll. When people decide they want to steal the election, they have to think to themselves, do I want to go to jail on a perjury charge? You have to make it impossible for the election to be stolen easily. I see a lot of disorganization. There's a lot of work that can still be done. We still have the ability to fight back effectively. Everybody other than these radical people 
need to respond and reassert the legitimacy of the system. Well, I'll tell you who else is saying that is Steve Bannon. They're putting together their like precinct plan to have people doing it. One thing that I would push back on you a little yeah, on yeah, is that packing the court thing, because from where I'm sitting, they've already packed the court. So I sort of see it as like, well, it would be unpacking the court. You know, it's not in the Constitution that we have nine justices. Okay, first yeah. of all, you're right. They did pack the court, at least with one justice. Here's the challenge we have. We've got to be moving dynamically back to non-radical behavior. I will say, generally speaking, let's take universal health care. I think we're going to have universal health care. Why? Because you'd have to be an idiot not to want it. Yeah, there's a temptation to say they pack the court and therefore it's justified. Instead of responding in kind, what we need to be talking with right-thinking people about at every level is let's protect the democracy. Let's legitimately elect a president. Let's recognize that we need to respect presidential power when it comes to appointments. Let's get rid of the Senate filibuster, which is just a made up thing. Well, see, there you go. Like, so, so the filib getting rid of the filibuster, I completely agree with, you know, there are right. people who would say that that's, you know, a radical reaction to this. I, I don't think that. So I think well, basically we're, I understand what you're saying. We want to try to react in a way that brings sanity back to the system. I don't disagree with you on that. The flip side of this is a criticism that sometimes Democrats bring a, you know, a Nerf gun to a, a gunfight. They're constantly being the ones saying, no, no, play by the rules. This is how it's done. While, you know, they're having insurrections and, you know, selling nuclear secrets to the Saudis. Sometimes there's a little imbalance. Well, there. well and the reason I'm jumping in, because I agree with you. Look, I think that's a, a real point. While we discuss what's radical and what's not, and it is somewhat of a judgment call and people can disagree, what's within our system and what's without. There are a thousand intellectual discussions that need to be had in this country. I use the Federalist Society as an example. All these folks that are promoting sedition, that are saying that because people who are voting don't look like them, that they're somehow illegitimate, we need to rise up and fight those fights. There are a lot of fights where Democrats, right-thinking people are not fighting hard enough. There's plenty of work to do just within the scope of non-radical behavior. If you're a Democratic lawyer and you're not standing outside a poll with a camera in 2024, what are you doing? If we haven't devoted enormous amounts of time and energy to protecting the next election, we already know people are trying to steal it. And you mentioned all the people banning and those people are recruiting. What we saw this last time was, oh, there are plenty of lawyers that were happy to jump up and represent Trump and the Trump campaign and do all this. When federal judges started to ask them questions in court where if they lied, they would lose their law license, they pretty much quickly dropped those bogus That's claims. right. That's They're right. pretty gutless. So sure, do they have all these people, some of them horrible actors, some of them just misguided, ready to go to the polls and find fraud? Of course they do. But most people, when it comes down to signing an affidavit that if you sign it, it turns out to be a lie because there are five people at the polling place that contradict you and you could go to prison. Most people are not willing to cross that line. The point is, it's like anything else. We need to make doing the right thing easy and we need to make doing the wrong thing hard. If Merrick Garland, we cannot have a repeat of the financial crisis. There's no real effort even remotely to even investigate the financial crisis. I'm counting on Merrick Garland, I assume, and the Biden administration to make sure that for all these prominent people that may have been involved in 1-6, have their phones been looked at? Have all their texts been reviewed? Have all their emails been looked at? Have they been investigated? Have they been put under oath to not prosecute the wealthy and the powerful when it came to 1-6? 
That's the most core example of something that absolutely has to be done because the best way to put an end to all this is to take the transgressors who've broken the law and throw them in prison. After that, we need to get ready to defend our system in 2024, Democrat and Republican. Hopefully this radical craze that's taken up the Republican Party, as you say, you know, it's got to pass. We've got to protect our system while this fever passes. And obviously after it does, we'll all look back and those people like Marsha Blackburn who debased themselves and showed they're unfit for service, you know, we'll just look back on them as people who made the wrong choice. Really hope that day comes. Uh, a couple of things I just wanted to mention. DeSantis oh. announced that his election policing effort found, I think it was 20 examples of voter fraud from people whose rights hadn't been restored out of 11 million votes. And he presented it as it was some you know, feat of investigation when really all it did was prove that there is no real fraud of any note. We can't do what, let him do what he's doing, which is pretending like he's just presenting information and pretending like he's part of legitimate debate. DeSantis knows darn well there was no significant fraud in the last election. Really what we need to say to DeSantis is, Governor, do you really want to be part of the team in history? that was really pushing these election lies. Is that really where you want to be? Do you want to be equivalent of the team? You know, there are a lot of Americans, not many, but some Americans, they were pro-Nazi. How do you think history's judged them? Someone like DeSantis, who is an intelligent person, who knows darn well what he's doing, that is just despicable behavior. It's not normal political behavior. We need to stop accepting that sort of behavior on the part of people like DeSantis, Josh Hawley, and all these people who have these fancy degrees but who are willing to just spread lies and disinformation. One thing I want to ask you about, you could tell the people you are not running again. We now know who is going to fill your seat and it's Justin Jones. I was hoping maybe you could give us a comment on Justin, who's going to fill your seat. One of the youngest, maybe the youngest house member now, an activist who was arrested bunch of times had 18 charges dropped and now is gone from, as he says, the jailhouse to the state house. Can you give us a comment on Justin Jones? Yeah, well, I wish him well. Listen, Justin has been an advocate for years. He is a strong advocate for everything I believed in. And I think he'll be extremely successful in the state house. He was elected. He ran a hard campaign, a very effective campaign, a clean campaign. You know, I look forward to watching him. He's extremely young. You know, we have a bunch of young people now like Justin, London, Lamar, strong, effective Democrats up in the legislature, and he's going to join them. And I think it's wonderful we have this new generation. Last thing that I'm going to ask you about, while they were pushing Governor Lee's education funding overhaul, TISA, we asked repeatedly if this was going to essentially be the voucherization of our entire education system, help them funnel more money out of the public school system to private schools and charter schools through vouchers and charters. When we asked Penny Schwinn this, she said that she had not been a part of any conversations like that. Then this week, Justin Owen of the Beacon Center wrote in the Washington Examiner, yes, this is exciting for advocates of what he calls choice, which is privatization. If the funding can more quickly and easily follow children to another public school, it should also be able to follow them to any other school, whether that be a charter, a private school, or a virtual school. He's talking about the education funding overall makes it clear this is in fact tied to charters and privatization. To me, that's the quiet part out loud. What is it to you? Oh, yeah. Schwinn said the same thing to me in the Government Operations Committee, and we knew at the time it wasn't true. The whole point of TISA was to shift money out of traditional schools into charters, private institutions. That's exactly what Governor Lee's plan is. Governor Lee, you know, we've had really a 15-year war against the public schools in Tennessee. 
essentially entirely run out of the Republican Party. There are some Democrats who are along for the ride for a while. But the bottom line is there is a concerted effort to destroy public schools in general in the United States. The charter and voucher movements are a conservative effort to destroy the most significant public investment in the country, which is our public schools. It's a terrible movement. No other country has anything like it. And it should be rejected lock, stock, and barrel. Governor Lee sat and watched as our teachers were denigrated by the Hillsdale president. Governor Lee, by his every action shows, he wants to get rid of public schools. He's opposed to public schools. He's against public schools. He wants to take all the money that we use for public schools and put them into private institutions. He's made that clear. He's fought for this more than anything else. People that don't want public schools should be happy about that. People who think public schools are good should vote for someone else. I fought this fight the whole time I was in the legislature. I spent half my time on it. I was pleased that we beat vouchers five cycles in a row. But ultimately, the money and the constant pressure is starting to bear fruit for the privatization business. TISA is just the most recent example of that. People just need to understand that the enemies of public schools are serious. They are trying to win the whole game. They're trying to get rid of every public school in the state of Tennessee and take the money and distribute it among private schools and private actors, and they're doing it. Why we couldn't just take all this energy and devote it to improving the public schools we have, which is what every other, as far as I know, every other industrialized country does. Now, it's just ridiculous. This whole movement to fracture our public school system is a radical movement proposed by Milton Friedman, radical libertarian thinker. It's a terrible idea. It's been terrible from the beginning, and it's had terrible consequences. And Nashville's ground zero. I mean, over time, Nashville schools are simply going to be defunded. In Williamson County and the counties around us that have had very good public schools, they're going to see the same thing. Nashville will be the start and then it will spread out. Yeah, of course, TISA, the whole point of TISA was to destroy public schools. That's why they passed it. Penny Schwinn is well aware of that and has been the whole time they've been trying to pass it. That's why Governor Lee did pass it. It's just ridiculous and dishonest. Terrible bill. I voted against it, of course. Those people who say they're for public schools but voted for it are either lying or they don't understand what was in the bill. I think more of the former than the latter. Mike, appreciate you giving us all this time today. Thanks for what you do and what you did in the legislature for a long time, fighting for what's right. You were always one of the reasoned and uh, passionate voices. It was really useful to have you on there. As an attorney, you always managed to ask questions that got people twisted up in knots, and I always appreciated that. So, you know, I hope that you will uh, impart some of that wisdom to the incoming representative who's going to fill your seat. Thanks for your service, and I look forward to seeing what you do next. Well, thank you. Tennessee. Woo! Yeah. Tennessee. Tennessee.